0: Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast.
1: We are scraping and studying thousands and thousands and thousands of job descriptions and companies to identify that language in hopes of, you know, eventually coming up with a a word bank of subtle language, language that you actually find in job descriptions that is deterring racial and ethnic minorities from applying for roles. Women Who Code Talks Tech is a segment that features experts in a specific field of technology, sharing their knowledge on an in-depth and highly technical subject. Today,
2: we'll be highlighting the co-founders of You Include, Toshi Ayo Ariel, Danielle Ho, uh, Sunil Patel, uh, this uh, chat will be guided towards the topic of using research and data-driven solutions to increase workplace diversity. Just a little backstory. Um, so, you, you include was originally a project from a boot camp that you all actually graduated from you know, USC Virta Data Analytics Boot Camp. And um, how how I came about with you include is that I I you you guys presented this project in a contest called Next Level Contest in 2020, um, where you competed with other bootcamp graduates from universities across the nation um, to to present this idea or the solution um, to panel of judges. Um, and when you guys presented, um, I, I, I remember being so amazed that you guys were able to learn from the bootcamp, but then expanded um, even more beyond of what you learned in the class because uh, I, I myself took a data analytics bootcamp class so that's how I was able to know about the next level um contest. but I think to me it was so so inspiring and amazing that you guys were able to create a whole platform um, on this I believe it's an editing application that eliminates gender bias um, wording from job descriptions. so uh Thank you for doing that. Do you guys want to go in a little bit more detail about what is You Include or what You Include Editor is and what led to the creation of it? Uh,
3: Okay, so at uh, USC, the Data Analytics Bootcamp, for our third project, we all were placed together in a group and uh, it so happened that uh, we all were women of uh, color and different communities. So uh, we decided to research on a topic that was more female-focused. So to start, we conducted our own uh, research on women in workforce, and through our research, we found that uh, globally, uh, increase the female workforce participation positively impacts global GDP and in, increases the GDP growth. So we also found that significant amount of women's productive potential still remains untapped, and that women are still an underutilized labor resource around the world. So after a lot of discussion, we realized that well, one way to increase the female workforce participation uh, in the workforce would be by eliminating the use of gender-biased wordings in the job descriptions. So being, uh, as we all know, this is one of the most leading barriers that prevents women from entering the uh, workforce. So after this, our own research on the gender biased wordings validated the need for our tool. The, uh, the uh, Wonder Woman editor, which is now known as the Rio in- editor. Yeah, and to, <clears throat> to Sonal's
1: point, this was um this was like a completely chance encounter. Like we were randomly placed in a group, we we're all women, and we we're like, oh let's explore something that is like relevant to women. And we were really just expecting to do our project. And it turned into us being nominated for this national competition, winning the competition. And actually one of the judges was um, the person that kind of just really encouraged us to like pursue it further and explore it a little bit more. And so we gave it a lot of thought. And I think one of the reasons that we decided to uh, move forward with it was because we really wanted to bring the... Um, the topic of intersectionality into the conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Because the reality is that so many people have intersecting identities. Um, And when we are talking about creating diversity, equity, and inclusion solutions, in my opinion, you really have to consider anything and everything that can marginalize an individual. So that is gender that is race, that is um, physical and cognitive ability, that is their sexuality. And you know the list goes on. And we found that there are so many solutions that cater to the needs of like specific minority groups, right? So they cater to the needs of women um, or racial and ethnic minorities or people with disabilities. And the solutions are you know pretty siloed. Um, so we kind of wanted to bring a holistic approach um, and create a holistic solution, right? So take our bias mitigation tool as an example. Our tool, um, so we created a tool that scans recruitment materials, scans job descriptions of gender bias language. And um, so if our tool like removes all instances of gender bias language in a job description, but is still encoded with language that is biased against racial and ethnic minorities or people with disabilities, right? Me as a candidate, I will read that job description and still find the role unappealing because the job description still has language that is biased against all of my other identities. So now the employer has lost me as a top and extremely qualified candidate, right? So, we wanted to take a holistic approach and we really wanted to serve multiple marginalized communities and create solutions for multiple marginalized communities because the reality is, again, so many people have intersecting identities. um, and, And I think we also have to remember that for people who fit into multiple minority groups, the consequences of unconscious bias can quickly compound right so if we if we wanted to do it I mean if we if we were going to take it any further we had to consider all of those different marginalized groups so that was like really the thing that kind of pushed us to take it to the next level
0: yeah, to add on those uh, points, uh, we actually really come out at a very good timing, you know, like diversity and inclusion is really like everyone's talking about it recently or over the past few years. And then and then we know that most of the American uh enterprises they they will say oh they cannot find good uh, diverse talent. So that's why we want to create a tool that help to attract more um, underrepresented group of people, and then so that they don't have the excuse to say that they couldn't find like the uh, people that are good fit. Do you do you have advice for any applicants to avoid
2: kind of this biased language, whether it's in a job description or resume writing?
3: Uh, yes, people like to advise them to use, like, uh, maybe our tool, the UNTIL editor, to write uh, more inclusive job descriptions or resumes. Uh, because our analysis, it has proved that the male-dominated industry, they tend to use, like, more gendered bias, uh, male-dominated, uh, like, masculine gendered wordings in the job description, and the female-dominated industries, they tend to use more feminine wordings so additionally uh, also that masculine channel words are more prevalent across the board so from a company standpoint from a company's performance standpoint also so many studies have shown that companies uh, which are with more diverse workforce they generate uh, they perform better and produce more innovative outcomes and uh, also the job listings with gender neutral wordings, they get 42% more responses so using our tool not only would uh, minimize the gender biases and gender inequality in the workforce, but it is also a better way to like draw a wider range of applicants.
0: Yep. And then my advice would be try to avoid using superlatives word. Uh, superlatives are either form of adjectives or adverbs that shows the greatest degree of comparison. Uh, for example, like words like the best expert and professional. Actually, there are a lot of people don't know what superlatives are and the fact that they are actually masculine coded, even people we talk to like they are hiring managers they don't know about that so it is better for them to like avoid using superlative first and then the other advice is to uh and i would suggest those um, hiring manager try not to be so demanding about job requirements because like we have study shows that like men will apply for a job when they feel they are 60%, they meet 60% of the criteria. While women won't uh, don't apply for a job until they feel like they are 100% qualified for the job. So I would suggest like people trying to be less demanding on, on the job requirements and then, and then you can split them into like essential or desired skill sets, so that way you can encourage more female practice of applicants.
1: Yeah, Danielle and Sonal said exactly what I was gonna say. Of um, course, definitely use our tool; uh, that will help you a lot. Um, and I think one thing that they didn't mention is just don't use uh, gendered pronouns, right? So she, he's really don't belong in job descriptions. Instead use uh, gender neutral pronouns, like they and them. Um, if you have to use she and he for whatever reason, um, make sure that you're using both at the same time. So it's not, you're not like choosing one gender over the other, but I yeah, definitely recommend just using gender neutral pronouns uh, throughout your job description. Is
2: this something that you could download um, and, and how would they would they be able to access?
1: Yeah, it's actually on our website. So if you go to our website, uninclude.com and you go to the editor tab, uh, you will find it there. Right now, our tool um, still focuses on gender-biased language, but we are working on research that will allow us to um, provide recommendations about language that is biased against racial and ethnic minorities. Um, people with disabilities, um, and all the other marginalized groups that we are aiming to serve. Okay, let's uh, shift a little
2: bit. Did, where, what have been the biggest challenges starting this platform, both on the technical side and the business side? We can start with Toshi, if you want. Can you repeat the question, please? Yes, of course what has been or what have been the biggest challenges starting this platform, both on the technical and business side?
1: Oh my goodness, so many challenges. Um, I think that's the reality of a startup. Like you're just going to run into challenge after challenge, setback after setback. Um, and that is, that is to be expected. Um, I think the biggest challenge for... Me, I think for all of us, but I'll speak for myself um, from a technical perspective is that, you know, besides Sonal, none of us had a technical experience before our data analytics bootcamp. Um, I literally started the program around this time last year and learned how to code for the first time. And it was definitely a steep learning curve. Um, and again, our, our program was a data analytics bootcamp. So a lot of what we were learning was data strategy, data analytics, not software engineering, uh, UX and UI design, and all of the the different things that we've had to learn how to do once um, making the decision to seriously pursue a startup. Um, So, yeah, I think the biggest challenge on a technical side has been having to really, like, stretch our ability and learn other languages that we just don't have, we didn't have experience with before. Um, but also like on a data side too, right? And we, we are doing a ton of research um, and we have to like run statistical analyses, do a lot of data scraping, do a lot of like like really deep data analysis. Um, and I, I haven't had Experience with any of that to to this extent, um, so yeah, it, it's just really stretched all of us um, on a technical level. Um, from the business side, I think business is a little bit more intuitive for me, just because I I do have like a business and finance and strategy background. Um, so I I don't. I I don't experience too many challenges on that end. Um, However, one thing I have learned that I will have to learn is sales. Um, Sales is a beast of its own. Like you have to sell, when you're doing sales, you have to be pretty aggressive um and and there's like there's an art and science to selling a product and selling a vision and selling a company um and again something i've never had to do before so i'm definitely taking like the necessary steps to make sure that when we are ready to sell our product um i have like all of the skills needed to make sure that we are selling the best um as best as we can so I think that's my biggest challenge on uh, uh, the business side, like just learning how to sell, sell um, our product and sell our vision.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Toshi kind of like touched up on every everything, and then like seriously, like uh, everything about software development is a very big challenge for us. And then one thing to add to that is that. Um, is about the data collection part. So you know, in class, we all the the instructor will provide us with all the raw data or data file. But in reality, we actually need to collect the data by ourselves. And then we actually scraped like sixteen thousand job description from LinkedIn, which is like really, really a big challenge for us. Like I have. I have like put a computer like put my laptop to one day days and nights for it to scrape non-stop working and then yeah and then and and then it takes a few uh trial and errors to really get the call out to scrape all the data that i want so i think this is one of the biggest trends for me as well
3: yes i would like to echo what daniel and Tosha said and to add like uh a- most challenging for me was like maintaining our confidence and keeping ourselves moving and focused even that is challenging like uh to uh to process uh, in the process of craft, crafting a startup it requires confidence and willingness to step outside of your comfort zone like uh, uh, as you work to innovate uh, you need to be willing to challenge yourself and grow your vision and it's very rare that the very first version of your uh product is the best version so we have to continuously work on that and we have to uh, keep moving keep moving so uh, and uh, also like differentiating ourselves from our uh, competitors right that uh, that has been also a challenging part but yeah we are doing that.
2: I could see keeping up with being motivated um, could be very challenging especially if it's something that's kind of a learning curve but I think you all have come so far from when you started from the boot camp, so I'm really, really excited that uh, this huge jump that you guys uh, that you uh, all have have come to. You, Sonal, you kind of led to the next question um, about words of wisdom for entrepreneurs. Um, do do any of you have a little bit more words of wisdom for? Um, entrepreneurs, um, and any tips for success for women in this field?
3: Uh, For the mompreneurs, I would say like, Sarah, always sound yourself with people and be in constant communication with the people who understand you, your position, and who you think will make you better and stronger. Because when you are both mom and an entrepreneur, like striking a delicate balance between your work life and your family life, it's so very important. It, It it becomes so crucial. And also, like, uh, make a, your self care a priority because when you are juggling with so many responsibilities, uh, like in a startup, you you have to uh, like wear so many different hats at the same time. Uh, it's easy to let uh, your self care slip away. So it's critical to tend to your own needs first, or you won't be able to uh, assist anyone else.
0: Um, what I'm gonna share is that like it's really about like challenging yourself and pushing beyond your own self and then you discover your um your full potential like uh, for me one year ago i have never imagined that i will learn how to call or i will work in tech industry because i always feel like oh that's not my thing at all and i i always think that uh, only like those um people who are super smart are capable of like developing a very cool so- cool software or building a successful s- startup but i'm really happy that i took the data analytics bootcamp camp and uh, learned to call and get on this journey and discover my own potential like i do actually call i can call and i can also like build a startup and then it's really uh, amazing to see like we have come this far and uh, along the journey we got a lot of support by uh, a lot of like great people and we have the chance to tell our stories share our story with you guys
1: yeah, before I share a piece of advice, I just remembered like another huge challenge that we faced. So I'll, I'll talk about that really quickly before going into the next thing. But one thing that we um, were having trouble with initially was identifying implicitly biased language against other marginalized groups. So a lot of the research about implicitly biased language uh, really just relates to like gender bias, right? Um, and then there is like a lot of discussion about language that is biased against racial and ethnic minorities, people with disabilities, people within the LGBTQ community, um, so on and so forth. But the results, like the results of those qualitative research studies are um, words in, a, in, in language that are either overtly biased, um, just completely outdated or insensitive. Right. So, for example, uh, one research study I read about like racial biased language gave the recommendation uh, to not use words like Negro and colored to refer to black people or um, use words like retarded to refer to people who have cognitive disabilities. I feel like most people know not to use those words and that language in general, like in their everyday uh, conversations, let alone in job descriptions, um, right? So there, there's just like little to no research about like, you know, the implicitly biased words and like the insidious subtle words that actually deter these other minority groups from applying for roles. Um. And the research paper that we came across uh, by Danielle Gosher, who's actually on our advisory board now, um, and two other researchers, was really the first research paper that um, kind of studied, like, implicitly biased language um, and job descriptions and how, uh, like, the subtle words that we use on a day-to-day basis actually impact appeal and sense of belonging as women, right? So their research study found that, uh, masculine language or like there are certain words that have masculine connotations um, like challenge or dominant Um, and then there are certain words that have feminine connotations like uh, communicate and help and again these are words that we use on an everyday basis and their research study found that um, when a job description is loaded with masculine language it actually impacts appeal and sense of belongingness for women and women make the decision not to apply for that role. So we haven't seen research like that replicated across all of the other marginalized groups that we are aiming to serve. So we are really like doing the work of producing that research. Um, and that was really big for us, right? Because like we can give our users, or employers uh, that we work with, the recommendation not to use like Negro in their job descriptions or retarded in their job descriptions. But like, those are things that people already know not to use. We wanted to provide value beyond that. Um, And so, yeah, like we've we've had, it's been a little bit challenging, like going through the process of identifying those implicitly biased words, but with the help of Danielle Gosher, um, we've kind of found our way. But Danielle like, mentioned it or touched on it a little bit earlier. Like We are scraping and studying thousands and thousands and thousands of job descriptions and companies to identify that language in hopes of you know, eventually coming up with a, ver- a word bank of subtle language, language that you actually find in job descriptions that is deterring racial and ethnic minorities from applying for roles. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a huge challenge, but we are finding our way, we're doing the research, we're doing the statistical analyses, we are launching our own research study, um, taking longer than we would like it to take, but we will get there and we're sure that the results will be like extremely valuable. Um, but in terms of advice for other entrepreneurs, that was the question, right? Okay. Um, Wow. I think I I mentioned it earlier, but just expect to run into a lot of different challenges and setbacks. Um, When we started, we were just so optimistic. I mean, we were just like so passionate about what we were setting out to do and so like hopeful about what we could achieve. And I don't think we went into it being naive. Um, but we definitely thought it was going to be a lot smoother than it has been. Um, so, you know, we have we have run into uh, different hurdles. But again, like, I think my recommendation is just to expect to run into several challenges and like mentally prepare yourself to be able to work through those challenges when they do come. Um, a lot of people provide the, a lot of people say, just like, have a solid why and like, remember your why whenever you run into, um, each of those setbacks, because that's really what will keep you going. Um, I want to say like, have a confident, like just be confident in yourself and confident that you have the ability to achieve what you're setting out to achieve. Um, but that's not always easy. And if anything, I would say do it, even if you're not fully confident, because this process will make you confident. Like you will do so many things that hopefully you have like the ability to work through. And on the other end, you will come out so much more confident than you were before then. So even if you aren't confident, do it because you will develop confidence along the way. And also just like having a strong team. I mean, Sonal and Danielle are just great. I couldn't even ask for a better team. Um, Have a strong team that is willing to do whatever it takes to bring the vision to life and cares about what you are producing. Um, Because we, there are so many moments in which we didn't necessarily, like in that moment we didn't have the skill we needed to achieve what we wanted to and needed to achieve. But since we were so motivated to achieve the goal or achieve whatever it was, we did whatever we needed to do to figure it out. Um, And so, yeah, if we didn't have a strong team, if we didn't have a motivated team, if we didn't have a hardworking team, none of this would be be possible. So yeah, have a strong team, um, I would say as well.
2: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Yeah, I think having a, I I definitely agree, having a a strong foundation with your team um, and motivating each other to to keep going. uh, You guys will definitely achieve good things. So thank you for
1: sharing that. Thank
0: you for listening to the Women Who Code
1: podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at womenwhocode. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash womenwhocode. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and
3: comment